0: But then I have parents who seem really involved, and their students run the, run the show at home. And the parents call me, and they say, why isn't my student going to graduate? Well, your student mm-hmm. isn't doing anything.
1: Yeah, your student
0: yeah. doesn't show up. How Let's am I supposed that. to work with somebody who doesn't show up? Well, where is he going? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I have X number of other students of who do show up, yeah,
1: and, I sure and I call you,
0: and I call you, I yeah. email you, I do everything possible to let you know, because yeah. I spend more time trying to do parental contact for him than I can for Ooh. my other students, and yet exactly. you say, where is he? This, this is, is the Educational, educational triage, triage Podcast. 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 Welcome. We invite you to come along with us on an exploration of interviews, issues, and other exciting and relevant topics in education, especially alternative education. They say alternative education is a laboratory for mainstream education. Why? Well, join us every week and listen in as Philip Summers and I, Tony Hunt, Jump in feet first to discuss issues that may affect our classes, students, communities, as well as our teaching. Please subscribe if you enjoy and find relevance in what you experience here. And if you haven't left a quick review, please do. We appreciate your candor and insights so we can improve as we move forward. Now let's see what's on board today. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Educational Triage Podcast. This is Tony, and of course, I am sitting here looking at and laughing with my unflappable fellow, Philip. Hello, Philip.
1: Hello, Tony. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. Unflappable.
0: Unflappable. I haven't I seen you flapped me. yet. I, I
1: hate to be flapped. Do you? <laughs> Oh, God. Shall we count the ways sometimes? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> with parents. Oh, that that seems to be the topic of our uh It
0: is. And a, is a lot of people are flapped with parents. Yeah,
1: parents can flap.
0: They can. Well, they can flap us.
1: Yeah, they can do that.
0: So w- let's begin, because we're going to talk about parents and and what's the dilemma we have with parents, because there seem to be issues... That people have with parents. Parents seem to be having a problem with the school. So let's delve into that and let's have a cogent discussion if we can. Mm -hmm. And I would like to begin with this with what is it that parents or guardians, the people who have the custody of the child, Mm -hmm. what is it that they want when they send their child to school? What, What is on their mind at the forefront?
1: Well, we're talking, generically speaking, a parent or guardian of a child going to school. Right. Yeah. Safety. Okay. And security.
0: What does that look probably like? Probably foremost.
1: Well, unfortunately, in today's society, safety and security are pretty obvious when it comes to the school shootings, when it comes to activity outside of a school Mm -hmm. just doing the job of being the local parent which is what the duty of all teachers is to be the parent that's local on parentis loco so to do in place of a parent what a parent would do for the safety and welfare of their child which i have to admit i take very seriously Mm -hmm. Um, i'm always scoping you know just i'm not a doomsday or I just, I scope situations. And if I have kids with me, I'm constantly counting them. (laughs) I'm constantly keeping them in sight and I'm constantly looking for ways to get them to a safe place. Should something occur inside or outside that sort of thing. So what else would there be?
0: Well, I believe that a parent would expect their child to come home and be able to reiterate the happenings of the day.
1: That'd be true. Yeah. In positive ways, I think that every parent wants their their son and/or daughter to enjoy their time at school.
0: Right. We and to it's... learn something. Yeah. To have learned. While learning something. <laughs> While learning something. Yeah. yeah. Because the mission of the school is to teach. It's academics. It's academics. That is. It's, that is academics. The purpose. it's to teach the child about the world. It's about mm-hmm. teaching social norms in in getting along with other people and as well as learning how to read doing doing the core basic activities that will promote a lifestyle in the future that builds mm-hmm. upon itself so that that child can succeed that is
1: that's a great perception future building good future people mhm that will uh in our society end up paying the taxes for us as we move on and into our grand retirement or less tax paying existence,
0: <laughs> yeah, and keep society rolling, yeah, so what's changed because all of a hmm. sudden, it seems as though there and we've discussed this. In the past, I don't know that it's still there or maybe it's being tamped down, but there are still lawsuits from parents over what's happening in the schools because some schools, some districts, some states are undermined. Parents feel as though they're being undermined, and the schools are not just acting in locus parentis, Mm. but they are taking on the role as—and we're going to do this in a future cast when we talk about have schools become social service agencies, so I don't want to go too far into the weeds on this—but they feel as though the school is attempting to mm-hmm. mold their children into something that is antithetical to their mm-hmm. own family life.
1: Mm-hmm. or their own perception of what family life should be right right and yeah and that's important to discern because there have been families of for example watching the latest apple tv masters of the air those 10 men on that that b17 were a family i mean Mm -hmm. i think they would have shared that bond if they'd lived that long, all 10 of them, you know, for the rest of their lives. I mean, they were each other's family. And that's a very strange definition of family. But functionally, it was all there. So, yeah, it's kind of an interesting analogy, or, uh, example because it seems a little far-fetched. But if you look at it, like gay couples, boy, two men can't possibly be parents. It's like, yeah, huh? Or two women. Well, it's
0: I think there are d- yeah. different levels of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so Certainly. couples have their intimacy. And if they have children, yeah. then there's an intimate nature between the parents and the mm-hmm. children. It's not the same type.
1: Correct. It's not, you don't have the same intimacy. That intimacy I, we're speaking about in a relationship is two people and two people only, but everyone right. knows that a family is consistent of there's kids a bond. or adults. There's a huge bond of purpose and of uh, origin yeah, identification yeah. with your family is a huge thing. So,
0: right, and yeah. it's my my understanding, and I know some people will say that I'm wrong on this, though I think that they're going to be the outliers. Hmm. The family is the family will be the first school in a sense for a child. Hmm. The, the parents most are. important. Yeah. They teach them hmm. They teach them and build up their self esteem, their self respect. They should be working with them instead of putting them in front of screens. They should be giving them coloring books. They should be giving Mm -hmm. them something else to do, manipulatives, anything besides. Install the
1: operating system.
0: Right. Because I've had that installed in your kid. Yeah. I had. I had a student who told me that he was homeschooled. Oh. And I said define homeschooling. And he said, "Oh, my mom had me watch Sesame Street." And I said, "Where's the schooling?" He said, "Oh, that's how I learned how to read." Now, this was not this kid was not a great reader. The other problem is that he also had difficulties with his fine motor skills, because he had never learned how to color. He had never worked with manipulatives. He had never used scissors as a child. And so it was very awkward for him to be doing these. And so just being able to to function and to have those abilities and to have those activities... I had never before realized the impact. Even though I had worked in early childhood education, I knew that they were impactful, but this kid was 17 years old and was a mess. I'm just going to say he was a mess. He
1: wasn't very astute, was he? Socially, not very good?
0: No, he wasn't very good socially, and he also Mm -hmm. wasn't very good academically
1: yeah socially you get all that in those first few years right working with kids at school and yeah
0: interactions right. but because the mother didn't want to have anything to do with the school system mm-hmm. so her idea apparently was that isolating him and keeping him away from the other kids yeah. would be a positive impact on him And knowing and learning more about homeschoolers, I realized that that is absolutely the antithesis of homeschooling.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting to note? I I can say with almost complete certainty, she did not know what she did not know. (laughs) And she made some really terrible assumptions, which harmed her kid like no other. Mm Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it was her decision to make. She's the parent, but holy cow it I wonder, does that breed more not going to school stuff? You know, because it's like, well, I didn't go to school, and it didn't hurt me. It's like, well, if you knew what you didn't know, you'd know that you're in serious
0: trouble. Well, <laughs> this is the same kid that would come up to me because i would I would let the kids know what where they stood academically. with their grades, their assignments, and everything, every week. I would have everything, and I would pass these out to the kids. They'd each have their Mm -hmm. own sheet that would show how many assignments they had completed, where they stood points-wise, et cetera, in every Mm -hmm. single subject, because this was in my one-room schoolhouse. And he came up to me one day, and he said, Mm -hmm. this is wrong. And I said, what's wrong? He said, Mm -hmm. you have me down as having an F. And I said, what's the problem? And he said, you have me down for zero for all these assignments. And I said, yes. And he said, well, that's wrong. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I should have a 100 for all of those. And then you deduct points when I hand them in. Let that settle in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it has.
0: I, I said, no, 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 that, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. His critical no. thinking skills were completely shifted and kind of, yeah, they just didn't work right. And no. apparently his mother had told him this and his father had told him this as well because they wanted to work on his, they they believed that this was how you built self-esteem. Mm.
1: Makes no sense, but okay. No. I mean.
0: Right. So. <laughs> None. How do parents in schools build self esteem for kids? Do we Mm -hmm. so if a kid comes into school very confident, of course, the school doesn't need to be knocking that working hard to knock down that self confidence. Mm -hmm. If a child has a good self concept, knows who they are, I know of teachers who don't like that. They have a huge mm. problem with that. yeah. And it's really interesting just to see the dynamics. Now, am Still, I talking far and few between teachers? I'm talking about enough teachers that I have seen throughout 40 years of teaching mm-hmm. that it's an issue.
1: Yeah. You know, you got to consider this too. And this is one of the factors when parents coming into the system and saying that they want a certain thing to happen for their child mm-hmm. is that... Uh, they don't they don't understand the system itself and the water that we quote swim in. And so when it comes to like logical reasoning skills, those are skills that need to be developed. It it's it's not an aha moment that comes in the fourth grade for every kid, and hey, from now on, we're all gonna know that means this and this means that. And that's just that, you know. It's a, no. I mean, everything's fluid and it changes. And it's a skill to learn. It's a skill to practice. Everything from math problems to your swim stroke. If you want to get better, um, it's a process. And I think people don't appreciate that process sometimes. They'll maybe I hate to use the word lazy, but they don't endeavor into the arduous toil it would take to really buckle down and learn. But we know how that works because that's what we've studied. And so when you have somebody come in and go, well, this is the way, it, you know, it, it works. They're going, no, because you're missing about four critical items that I know about. Mm-hmm. And just because you do have a higher status as a parent and a guardian doesn't mean you're correct. And right. there is a little bit of knowledge to be had here. It's a process. And it would be behoove view I would hate to say that, but t- to take that process too. It would make you a better person. <laughs> That's what I'm here to teach your child.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think. A lot of times, sometimes we do get in the craw of parents because we are teaching the children facts. You know,
1: they just may argue better against their parents. That's not real pleasant.
0: No, but I think that in the search of the truth, we need to be asking questions. We need to be searching. But Mm -hmm. in that asking of the questions, there needs to be a dialogue.
1: And yeah, I'm, thinking to to seat, you know? I'm thinking oh, over
0: to Plato. I'm thinking over to Plato's yeah. dialogues, but, oh, yeah. and, and which is a wonderful, wonderful kind of methodology. So some people call it the Socratic method. But what it is, is if a child asks a question, then you can go as far with that question as you want. Why is the child asking the question? Because they want to know the truth. Generally, they want to know the they want to know the why of something or the what of something. Sometimes it's a great teachable moment.
1: Oh, yeah, always really.
0: There was I remember I remember I was doing some part-time work for an after-school program, and a student came up to me, a child came up to me and said, I have a question. And I said, okay, why is my skin a different color than her skin or his skin? Why do we all have different skin colors? And I thought, what a great question. This is it around is. 1986, 87.
1: When there was only two skin colors or what? No, I'm
0: no. kidding. No, it was, this was... I know. This was an Asian boy, <laughs> yeah. and he was asking about a black girl and a white kid. Hmm. Yeah, and
1: that's, that's a legitimate and question. I said,
0: and I said, well, there's something called melanin, and it's in your skin. And some people have more, hmm. and some people have less. And it has to do with years and years and years of of generations of their grandparents and their Mm -hmm. grandparents and their grandparents. But it it all has to do with who their people are.
1: Basically. Yeah. How much of it did you need in your skin not to get really sunburned badly all the time?
0: Right. Right. (laughs) There were, well, it had to do with, with environmental factors.
1: Yeah, you know, absorbing D or, yeah, absorbing vitamin D, the whole nine. There's a lot right. to it, but I don't think, depending on grade level, I wouldn't get so deeply. There it is. Yeah. It's the fun next, to describe. The
0: next day, I was angrily told that I was teaching racism.
1: Hmm, that's interesting.
0: And I said, no. I don't think so. I said, no. They said, yes, you pointed out the differences. I said, no. He pointed out the differences. Yeah. He wanted to know why. It's a good question. Now, am I supposed to tell him that there are no differences? And they said, yes. And I said, I'm not going to lie to the kid because I'm there funny. are differences.
1: Because he's looking, what am I going to believe you or my lying eyes? They're very observant. Between why yeah. it,
0: Don't ask people to gaslight your yeah. child. Gaslighting wow. has become so prevalent in so many ways, in so many f- venues. I'm not it's going to. I am not going to gaslight your child and lie to them because mm-hmm. you, a white person, think that by explaining to them why there's a difference science, with, with science is racist.
1: Yeah, that's an opinion. There's a I bunch of
0: involved. <laughs> this is back in the <laughs> '80s, it and is. I thought, "Holy cow, this is really amazing."
1: I think about it though. Was it really amazing? <laughs> I no. look back in some moments of my life like that and go, "I should have seen that coming." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you to be honest, I had been living in Berkeley. In Oakland and San Francisco for years. And then Mm. I moved to Portland, Oregon. And so this was not something that I would have had a problem with in Berkeley, Oakland, or San Francisco.
1: Right.
0: Which at the time were far more liberal than Portland, Oregon. Yeah. So go (laughs) figure. But.
1: Yeah, there was it was an instructed liberal, you know. We we speak about liberal or conservative, but the fact is, if you are an informed, critically thinking human, mm-hmm. you can be either conservative or liberal, and you can also have a discussion with somebody else of the opposite ideology, and come to conclusions and or compromises. A gas, a compromise, yeah, because you've shared ideas and understood that for the benefit of both. That's necessary. And I, that that's what gets lost, kind of, I think, in some of the debates. There seems to be an us against them, maybe, kind of thing. And I know that when parents show up at a school board meeting, and they're just all fired up about some new curriculum, or a couple of years ago, CRT, which was, what a blanket statement for, I'm upset about people talking about race, is basically what that was. And but because critical theory, critical race theory had nothing to do with whatever it was that there was a protest in those meetings about. And then you have other boards that will like, if it's a parent, oh, gosh, we're giving a half an hour to the crazy parents. <laughs> two minutes, ma'am, two minutes, you know, and they don't listen at all. It's kind of like, hey, let's kind of like get together and make a, like a school board meeting or a district, God forbid, sort of a teamwork in a a. Ah, partnership, you know, moving toward a better education for kids. And the teachers are ultimately, hopefully the ones that know exactly how to do that. They're the ones in the classroom. They're the ones that know Sue from Eddie from Mm -hmm. Abdullah. I mean, I, I I want to tell parents people right now in this podcast, if you're not aware of it, if you're a teacher, you're really aware of it, but if you're not aware of it, kids today have the craziest names. And by that, I mean, They're very inventive, very cool, different spellings, all kinds of like ethnic origins on these names and things. Some hyphenated names. It's absolutely wonderful but very difficult. And they're very individual. These kids, it's absolutely wonderful. But yeah, it's, it takes uh, the teachers know how to do this. It's not just give them this book and they'll learn it. It's the teacher knows how to recognize all of that going on and pronounce all those names correctly and all the nicknames and love them all the same or whatever it is you need to do to get them to that spot they need to be at. So it's weird, but
0: it's a juggle. Right. And each (laughs) parent wants their child to be the top of the class. Yeah. I do too. Or, or at least To not be the bottom of the class.
1: Not willingly. But what they
0: also want is for their child to, and we're going to hit this word again, succeed. And by success, that means that their child will be a straight A student and they will run interference any time that their child is struggling because their child's struggle is not mm. something that they're going to take on because that's not their issue, their but job. it is because now they're going to war over something that their child is not understanding, so what are you as the teacher going to do to fix it
1: that's a great segue, yeah, because you're now measuring the student against the a b c d, and god forbid f mm-hmm. criterion yeah
0: and I had a i've I've had parents who've who've called me who've come in to discuss with me all sorts of things like mm. i become their shoulder to cry on what am i doing wrong it's like i don't know how am i supposed to know what you're doing wrong i don't know the culture of your household i don't know how you raise the kid you have i know a about the kid or <laughs> yeah. i've had parents I've had parents who had to call the cops to get their kids out of bed to get to school because the oh. student would not leave the bed, was refusing to go to school. And this was oh. a constant. And the parent was was really upset because the student lost their placement in our program. But even after that, and the student was really upset, well, for non-attendance, I mean, you can't have... When you have a specialized program, you can't have a student who says that they're attending when they're not attending, because we have so many different factors of of expectations where we have other people in the community who expect these people to show up. Yeah, but I also had parents who would gaslight me and go along with what we were talking about, and then Mm -hmm. they would pull all kinds of stunts. And I had the one student who broke down and cried in front of the principal and said that you know we they were going to do everything possible to make sure that 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 their student would would turn it around and mm. and if this didn't happen, then we would be fine to take their student out well, gave the student two and a half weeks. And during that two and a half weeks, there were at least eight to nine infractions that for most kids, they would be gone. And finally, I said no. And the parent called me and was cussing me out, threatening me. And I said, this is what we agreed on. And he said, I'm calling the principal. And so I texted the principal and I said, hey, you're getting called. Principal texted me back and said, Oh, he called. He slammed the phone on me. He already did. It. <laughs> but kids go home with one story. Right. Because sometimes kids like to play this us against them. Mm-hmm. I had a student. I gave him a detention. I said, When do you want the detention? It was pouring rain. I mean, it was relentless. It was in the middle of a rainstorm that lasted for about two or three days. The kid said, I'm going to do it today. And then, and I said, okay, because it's only for this amount of time. So then you can take the bus. He said, oh no, I'm not taking the bus. I'm walking home. So when I get home and my parents are upset that I'm soaking wet, it'll be your fault. I said, whatever. Two days later, I get a call from the principal. He said, did you, did you put a student in detention and tell them that they could not take the bus home. And I said, we're talking about this kid, aren't we? And he said, yes. And I said, let me tell you. And I explained to him what happened. He said, oh, so he could have taken the bus home. And I said, yes. The next year I went into a business and that we were working with and discovered that the contact person was this student's mom. And she and I had a wonderful conversation. <laughs> it was great. So and then I saw Kim later on too, and and we kind of laughed about it. I said, You thought you got away with something, didn't you? And he said, Yeah, that's,
1: that's a lot of work. Okay, I know the kind of teacher I am, and I the kind of teacher you are. The same thing. It's like we spell out what we want, <laughs> we guide kids through each lesson. Only accepting the lesson after we've seen that they've demonstrated a level of knowledge to move to the next place. We ask them to compare and contrast. Sometimes we challenge them, make them fail and go, that's fine to fail. Do da, do da. It's, it's hard work, but it's very. Processed. It's very structured and it's very guided, versus going off on your own, making up some strange story to get somebody to do something that will get somebody else to do something that will get the teacher in trouble. It's like, kid, just do the work. And and a lot of kids will come from families who, who are used to this kind of game where they'll all sort of dance and and poke each other and you know manipulate. And they come to school and I'm just no. It's three things. Come to school, do work and, you know, behave reasonable when I ask you to that sort of thing. And we're great. And they just go to great lengths to come with this reason why they can't do which is that which is pretty simple. I mean, I take the kid where they're at. I'm not going to I don't present fifth graders with high school history and go, okay, now there's an essay. And they look at me and go, what's an essay?
0: You know, you know, I think fifth grade is a great time to begin teaching all of that,
1: though. Oh, absolutely! But I'm not going to go now. Do the five paragraph? That's for me. No.
0: It's like what a five? I get like five cents, five words. You know, I'd get well, that from like, some as kids. You would I don't with, know what that is. But as you would with freshmen or sophomores, yeah. you work their way into it. And well, I think I that got you them can,
1: and they figured out. Yeah, yeah. if they want to, the they want to figure is, out a way to get you in trouble. Then that's a lot of work, but wasted.
0: And the. <laughs> issue is expectations. Mm. What expectations do the teachers have? And then the parents run riot trying to undermine those expectations. Yeah, And then wondering why their students aren't learning enough. It's because Mm. you keep pulling the rug out from under what we're trying to do and Peace saying that's too difficult 16. my kid can't do that why are you teaching such and such at this time this is not when they're supposed to be doing it i've had yeah. i've had children of administrators teachers of psychologists i've had all kinds of people telling me that the teaching is inappropriate even though I'm teaching something that was supposed to have been taught two years prior.
1: Oh, really? That's an interesting one.
0: And I explained to them, I'm trying to catch Hmm. your students up so that we can move forward because they don't have these skills.
1: You were in conventional ed, weren't you? When this happened.
0: Were you in a grade
1: level sort of situation? Okay, because remember when we do alt ed, it's we can we get them everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you if you're trying to like recapture something in sixth grade that in, in the sixth grade that they're supposed to be taught in the fourth grade, and all the sixth grade teachers are saying, "Hey, we're on this chapter. What gives?" That's where the conflict comes from. Yeah,
0: I but think it, that they got to learn it. Well, I believe that the students appreciate it. When you have a love of learning, and you're willing to bring that into the classroom, and it doesn't matter if you're mainstream or alternative ed.
1: Right, or grade level or not.
0: There are some universal truths, and this is one of them. And if you bring that love of learning, and you inspire students to learn, and you tell them, look, if you don't know something, ask a question. Otherwise, how are you going Mm -hmm. to know? And I tell my students this on the on day one. If you feel stupid because you don't understand something, ask the question. I don't care if you ask me privately or if you ask in front of a big group. Because if you ask in front of a big group, chances are other people are having the same anxiety over whatever it is. And you've just taken a leadership role in answering it for them. So you get two pats on the back. One, for having the cojones to ask the question. Two, for showing them how to do it and to getting that question answered. And would you rather feel kind of foolish for a minute or for a lifetime?
1: or to be cluelessly foolish for your
0: entire lifetime.
1: <laughs> it's true. There are people out there that are not smart enough to know that they're not smart enough to know. And they think they're normal. And they walk around going, Hey, I got this opinion. And you go, what? It's
0: like, no, they think haven't that, studied that. <laughs> I can tell you're not a doctor. Like, I worked yeah. with people who thought that they were part of the elite class and they were going around telling people what oh, idiots no. they are because they be, they themselves had been duped into believing all these fallacies. And they were going around Whoa. telling people that they were wrong. <laughs> and That's I said, you know, you are so far off base. Yes. And you're showing your ignorance. And I'm trying to tell you this privately. And all of a sudden, I became this arch enemy, arch enemy of the truth. And it's like this is not the truth.
1: But you went back to the cave and tried to explain it, didn't you? You oh, went yeah. back. to, those are shadows, and they go. Oh, we're gonna kill you!
0: <laughs> no, they don't understand. They could never understand no, the allegory they don't of the cave. Get it. But we're not no, even gonna didn't. go there because I have a <laughs> lot of parents who can't either.
1: But that is true. That is true. That's what I'm talking about. If you really, if you, if you wade into a, a place of expertise that you don't know enough about. To know enough about it, then don't act like you do. You know, I mean, we all have a medical opinion about how we're supposed to feel, but ultimately, you know, when it comes to knee surgery, it's got to be a doctor. <laughs> I just got a hurt knee.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't That's go, it. you don't go to a handyman for surgery.
1: Yeah. And you don't stay awake with no anesthesia because you don't trust the surgeon either. <laughs> right yeah put your trust in them, yeah
0: so, but we also have parents who are so entrenched in these in in their own insecurities. I'm going to say uh, yeah, and I'm not yeah, saying that frames I'm, of mine. I'm not saying that to be insulting, I'm saying it because I believe that a lot of parents are very insecure simply because there is no manual, there's nothing that tells you how to parent your kids. Right. And here you are handing them off to these strangers who maybe you know, but then you find, but then you also know that bad things can happen. And the media plays that up. So when, and as we talked about last week, we have attachment parenting where the parents are just very, very close to their child. They need to be doing a lot of things with their child. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to remember the other ones, but you know, to where the child can not hear the word no. What the child wants is what the child gets. So when they get into the school environment, yeah. the parents are trying to teach the are telling the teachers, you will talk to my child this way. And it's yeah. no, now your child is in the In the real world, and this is not how we operate, and maybe you need to find a different school or find a different placement. And a lot of parents will say, no, this is where our kid is, and this is what you will do. I pay my taxes. I pay your salary. You will do my bidding. And the teacher should just look at them and say, not the way the world works. You know, that's yep.
1: interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking about that because I was speaking before about a doctor, you know, I, I have doing my knee surgery and having to be knocked out to do that, which is, you know, I have to completely like be unconscious for that. So the kids are sent to us by their parents and we're really in charge of their safety. In many cases, you know, there's been too many cases where we actually were in charge of their physical security and safety. And they don't know anything about what teachers do either. They don't know the procedures in a lockdown or what an earthquake would do, how the kids are out in the playground, how we keep them crowd, that whole thing. So I think maybe you said because they're paid for by the public and I pay your salary, they don't really understand how complicated the job is of an educator, a teacher, nor how Integral it is to how it works with the kids themselves and how they can't understand that, and that's upsetting because you know that's like it's even worse than knocking yourself out and subjecting yourself to that. You're actually here's my kid, the thing I love almost the most, dearest of my whole entire life. Here, have them. You know, it's that Mm -hmm. can be very upsetting in many ways. Yeah, I remember and trust them.
0: A friend of mine they do the they do the not the attachment parent they do the attachment, but they also do mm. the other kind of parenting where no is not there, and they lie yeah. down with the kid their i mean their whole world revolves around their their child before they the send their end. child off to go to preschool for the first time. I think she was in mourning for two weeks. And I said, do you think he'll do well? She said, who cares about him? What about me? What about my feelings when he goes? And I thought, we have some issues here. We have some issues here. And I think we have a lot of parents who do have those issues. But we have other insecurities that manifest through helicopter parenting. Through parents that need to, that, that are constantly trying to track down if the kid doesn't get the right grade, if, a, if something is missing and it's the teacher's fault. Well, it has to be the teacher's fault because it can't be their fault because they are so insecure that they can't say, I need to follow up with my kid. I need to figure this out on my own or whatever. Right. So it's, But then I have parents who seem really involved and their students run the, run the show at home. And the parents call me and they say, why isn't my student going to graduate? Well, your student mm-hmm. isn't doing anything. Yeah, your student yeah. doesn't show up. How He's am I supposed that. to work with somebody who doesn't show up? Well, where is he going? Well, I don't know. I have X <laughs> number of other students of who do show up. Yeah,
1: and, I sure and I call you.
0: And I call you. I yeah. email you. I do everything possible to let you know. Because yeah. I spend more time trying to do parental contact for him than I can for Ooh. my other students. And yet exactly. you say, where is he?
1: Well, the fact is, when you're in the presence of the students that you're in the presence of, that's your focus. And I'm good. It's like 22 came to class and I still got 22 and we're rolling. I'm not worried about the two that didn't come to class. That's for later. I got, I'm on, baby. That's 22 and me. Let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so I don't think, well, where's, I wonder where so-and-so's son is while I'm working. No, they're not here. I do my job here. (laughs) And I
0: also think, I also believe that administrators don't want to combat the parents. They're more terrified of parents than they are of their own staff.
1: I would believe that to be true. Yep, that's true, I think, from what I've seen, evidence-wise, yep.
0: So, except there are certain parents who they think less of that they will go to bat against. And I've seen that, that as well. true
1: too. That is true too.
0: But there's a limit. But helicopter parents who are constantly trying to micromanage their child—that's a whole nother level of insecurity. And it's your—I mean, hopefully you keep that kid on your medical plan until they're 26 because they're going to need and put them into some kind of. Therapy because hmm. they're going to need a whole lot of it. But your child is your little baby. They're your little nugget. They're not our little nugget. For many of us, they are an angel from hell. And oh, you see them that. as your little cherub. That's, yeah. Hmm.
1: So, I've never seen kids as hellish. I've seen some as difficult as hell, but <laughs> yeah. It's, I, the thing, the thing that makes a kid the most uh, hard to work with is when they're, they do not work with you when they won't cooperate. If they get even a little cooperation, it's like, okay, we can, we can figure this out. I, I can make you laugh and joke you into compliance almost, you know, but you got to give me something.
0: Well, the hardest that the hardest kids and parents that I have are the kids who have been given all kinds of notices about assignments. And finally we're getting close to the end of the quarter and you say, okay, this is the hard date. Everything must be in by this time on this Mm -hmm. date. Otherwise, no, because Mm -hmm. you have to give me time Come muck through everything that you all throw at me at the very last minute. And mm. this one girl, she came up to me on that day and she said, I don't have it done, but I can get it. I can get everything to you at this time. And I said, no, it's a hard and fast time. I told you that. Mm. So she burst into tears. An hour later, I get a threat from grandpa who's one of the guardians and he says you made my granddaughter cry now the next words that come out of your mouth better be ones that i want to hear or i am coming there and i am going to f you up
1: how many police officers do you think he can handle
0: and i said did she tell you why she's crying He said, I don't care. And I said, that's problem one. Problem two, she did not hand in her work. She's known for two weeks that it all had to be in 45 minutes ago. And then she told me she wanted to hand it in even later. And I said, no, that's what she's crying about. And he said, I don't care. But you better watch your back. And then he hung up the phone. So I called principal. I said, yo, here's what went down. He said, okay, thanks. Calls me back five minutes later and he says, Yeah, he was really upset because he thought that you were going to call the cops on him. And I said, I am. He said, Well, let's not. Ollie will have I'll have the SRO call. And I said, thank you. But you get these parents who don't get the story. Yeah. Because they make assumptions. And it's always going to be the teacher's fault. Because their little nugget is upset about something that you did. Not necessarily. A lot of times it's, uh, we're fighting. So what I want to bring up next is, How do we create effective partnerships?
1: Doing what you did. Information is critical. Keep it flowing and make sure the student knows what's what. No, there's no ambivalence, no fuzzy edges, no nothing. This is the, on the 29th at noon, I got to get my grades in, which means that there is something above me that says I got to do it, Mm -hmm. which means you got to do it. And that's as far as I can give you. I'll give you that. I always tell them, you know, I wanted them a week before and then I let them, you know, kind of take a couple extra days, but I give them a hard time. And when it's the hard date, boom, they're done because I have a hard day. It's like I run into the world, too. I can't just turn in your grades two weeks into next quarter. It doesn't work for them either. So you're kind of up against the wall. Mm-hmm. That's just—I'm sorry—the structure is that way. If it was my fault, or, or if it was my world, I'd have it different. But yeah, and I would too, because we used to have credits that were assessed every four weeks, and I'd just add them every four. Right. Uh,
0: no, but we that's had to do. The way it works, we did handwritten cards. Oh well, there you go. And we would tell the parent, <laughs> "Your child earned X number of credits in." This, 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 this. Your child did not meet the necessary number of credits in order to graduate on time. And your child is on probation because of this. Or, I mean, there are a whole lot of other things, but there was also a huge comment section. And so try to write as many positive things about the student put down your work phone number, let's talk if you need to, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I also did was I would scan those and I would email them to the parents because these were all mailed in because I had too many parents who said, I've never seen a report card. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because they get hijacked and hidden. And, yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. The kids so, will go to great lengths sometimes.
0: So what's good to do, and I tried to do this as well, and granted in alternative ed, you don't necessarily have the number of students that you have in mainstream. Hmm. I created a form letter, a form email, and I had it in the languages of my students. At that time, they were only in Spanish and English. I had it I had it translated from the school translator into Spanish, and she worked with me, and I would fill those out, and I would have her phone number down if they had any questions because we would talk about these, and she would take a copy of the email because I would also email it to her so she would know what was going on, and she and, she and I still talk a lot And, you know, and I would send off the email, but I would always try to be as positive as possible. If I had concerns, how do we fix these concerns? And if I never heard from the parent and they called with something, guess what? I have a paper trail because I would save that. Mm -hmm. I would save that. It -hmm. would be an attachment and I would just pop it up and I would plunk it into that student's folder. And so I would have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of these that I could just print out all at once mm-hmm. and show to the parent and say, these are, I emailed these to you.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of work on your part. And you were doing it to kind of cover your bases so that you can say, listen, here's our plan and here's what it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's important. The other thing Actually, about that is consistency. Just doing it the same way every time and going, no, here's how I do things. And then I usually, my due dates are here and I usually do it this way. And that's just consistent. And, you know, your son or daughter knows that. And that helps them too. And it does help them even when they're not earning grades from you or just working because everyone likes consistency. Mm -hmm. It helps. But I would send
0: out, I would try to send out at least 10 a week.
1: See, that's that's a lot. Everyone should be very aware of what's going on. Yeah. And
0: that way, because at the time, I had, I had between 20 and 30 students. So, yeah, I would try right. to get half of my students every week. Now, granted, if you have 120, 150 students, you can't possibly. Right. So, what you could do is, let's say that you have a class of 30. If you got Ten per class per week which is still a lot but having the form yeah. having the form down that's yeah. where the most work is because after yeah that,
1: that's, that's important.
0: after that you just you just type in everything and then bam it's gone Damn. and believe it or not but once you get into it and once you get that part down you can just take care of it and you if you're having troubles with the student or you want to send a kudo, you already have the bloody thing and you can send that off and you can decorate it with little things on the email so that they can see that there's a happiness, there's a frown on it, something is going on.
1: Yeah, that's interesting to note because sending home awards and and notices of accomplishment with kids, it's sort of a it's fun to do, and the kids really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. The parents actually focus on the detrimental things. The points not earned, the assignment's not turned in, the credit's not gained. Like, hey, this is is where I want to focus. And I don't blame them, I guess. But a lot of times you'll go to great links to really award some kid, you boy, you just want everyone to know this kid has really improved in like six months. I am blown away, and they just kind of look at it and go, "Oh, that's nice, and it's like, no, this is really nice. you can't make those nicer, really, but you can make that bad news kind of really bad news sometimes if of course you don't you know follow up with that consistent awareness yeah
0: well you can you can cookie it. Yeah, yeah. You can make it into an oh, Oreo see. where you have yeah. Yeah. where you have Philip. Philip has been really good about his attendance. However, when Philip is here, yeah. we have a little tornado ripping through the school. And that's what's he has get so him. much energy.
1: Yeah, that's what's to They're going to go, what's, what's wrong with this energy? And it's like, well, no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just this.
0: No, he has it. It's, it's, he's, he's, and, I do. And, and on the <laughs> other part, he does yeah. really well with sports. He's very
1: involved when we do like activities. Yes. He's always setting up and tearing down. In fact, I have to call him into class and, <laughs> We're done now. <laughs> I'm not those kids. It's been torn down. Thank you. No, I'm sleeping. No, I didn't ask you to sleep.
0: They that but you're always gonna have the parents who like the one that I yeah. brought up in previous casts where yeah. we we were sitting down to have a discussion about their student and the parent had obviously had severe ptsd and just wasn't thinking all that clearly and the phone rang and she became so unhinged and she's like where the f is somebody calling for this is my time and i thought holy cow so i had to run around and turn off all the phones and then we sat down And then she turned and looked at me and said, now, why are we here? And I said, your student is not doing the classwork, nor is he doing the homework. Because I give them enough time in class to get it done, but he's also not doing the homework. And she looked at me and said, well, why isn't he doing his homework? And I said, that's where you come in. (laughs) i don't follow him home and she said why not and i said yes and i said because that's not my job she said well maybe it should be and Mm. i said yeah we're not going to go down that road we're not going to go down that Mm. road unless you want to pay me 125 dollars an hour that i'm going to spend with your child in your home
1: watching television
0: and then it got worse because she said, why should I have to pay for it? I already pay your salary because I'm a taxpayer. And I said, okay, end of discussion. I said, let's just ask him why he's not doing it. She said, why would we do that? Because and I said, I'll give you a couple of guesses. And I looked at the kid and I said, why aren't you doing the work? And he said, because I don't have to because she doesn't make me. <laughs> wow. And she said, why it's don't true. I? And he said, and he looked at me like, what's going on here?
1: No kidding. <laughs> Why are you the only person supposed to do anything for these people?
0: Right. So
1: including themselves.
0: But I think that if we have transparency, we have open communication, we understand where the parents are coming from and we are consistent. I think you brought up some really, really good points. That'll be consistent and if you have parents who are immigrants yeah if you yes. can make if you can do what you can in order to i hate to say ingratiate yourself but just to make you know maybe pay a home visit or do something
1: yeah there's a lot of compliance With teachers and and cooperation with teachers when when it comes to parents, uh, the immigrant parents of kids, Mm -hmm. um, they respect teachers quite a bit for the most part and and really try to work with you to bridge that language gap. So I know a lot of teachers go, I don't speak Russian. I don't know Russian from Mandarin Chinese. It's like, don't worry about it. Someone who speaks Russian will work with you to understand enough as people that you communicate quite well. Yeah, and right. they really it's interesting, you're right. Immigrant parents are very conscientious of their children's uh accomplishments and lives.
0: And if you go out of your way for them, what you're trying to do is you're oh trying God. to provide goodwill and a and and a conduit, a positive okay. conduit between you, the student, the family. Hmm. And that way they can see you as a resource, but they also begin uh-huh. to learn some of the resources that are available at the school for them, namely the translators who can help with them or, you know, just what, what is it that we're trying to do here and, and what expectations do we have of them as well? And many times they will do the best you can. But you also get a feeling of we are working three jobs at different times and we, and we work seven days a week. And so our kids are pretty much on their own. So here's, here's where we are. This is what we're doing. And the kids are doing the best that they can as well. So sometimes you have to give a little grace. And a little wiggle. There's,
1: yeah, there's some needs there in the family unit that uh, yeah, we all know that what something like absurd fourteen percent of a kid's life is affected by school or something. Isn't it? At the most, like, at yeah, the I, most. Know. I feel so well, I'm not gonna let that sink in too much. However, we do know that being at home with parents and the family life is a whole lot more than that. So
0: yeah. They say that you could have Well, and this will be part of next week's. You can go to a good school in a good neighborhood and have a terrible, crappy home life and you will succeed. But if you go to a good school in a rotten neighborhood and have a really good family, your chances of success have been brought down. Mm. Yeah,
1: That's a testament to just the economic nature of our society.
0: It's partly that, but it's also partly peer pressure. So, Mm. oh, that's right. Peer pressure is in two weeks, isn't it?
1: Two weeks. So be there. We're going to tell all your friends.
0: And next week, (laughs) we have the incredible Alexis Bouchert joining us. So Mm -hmm. we can talk about second language learning, both for ELL and for people like your, myself, who want to learn a second language.
1: Second language or world languages. We've learned, we learned through her world language. that's how I was doing research thinking, oh, because if you think about foreign language is sort of a old term, why is it foreign? if half of my city speaks it.
0: (laughs) Then you should be speaking it too. Okay. I think so too. So, Philip, thank you. Thank you. And until next week, keep your feet on the ground while you reach for the stars. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.